Shalom, everyone. I'm Monty Judah with Line of Land Ministries. Welcome to another edition of Messianic World Update. Today's date is Friday, October the 20th of the year 2023, and it's 9.30 in the morning Central Standard Time here in Oklahoma. I mentioned the timestamp with you because the things I'm going to share with you in this update could well change within the hours from the time I record it to the time that it's broadcast and you're able to see it because things are happening even today about what we're going to talk about. I'm going to review with you the last week in Gaza because a tremendous number of things have happened that has set the stage for where we're at today. Hamas is still continuing to send rockets into Israel. In fact, the total count now of rockets that have come out of Gaza for this entire event is over 7,000 rockets have been fired into Israel. Israel is responding with a bombing campaign, and to put it in the words of what others are saying about that, Hamas is being intensively bombed like they have never been before. This is rapid, one after another bombing campaign the Israeli Air Force is carrying out. Last week, as a part of all that going on, the top Hamas commander, the man who actually was responsible for the invasion into Israel and all the harm that took place back on October 7th, he was killed, and several of his lieutenants along with him. Now we're faced with the Israeli forces are lined up, ready to go into the ground incursion into Gaza, but for several days now, They've been sitting there and not moving forward. Everybody's anticipating them getting ready to go in at any moment. In fact, as we sit here at this moment, we're literally waiting within minutes, hours of this beginning. The question has to be asked, why the delay? Why has Israel not already gone into Gaza with their tanks and their troops? There appears to be a couple of reasons for that, and that was what was going on this last week. There were efforts being made by a number of countries and different avenues of trying to set up negotiations for hostages. It would be so much better if we could get the hostages out of Gaza before we have any further action. Of course, Hamas is going to be resistive to that uh, because they want to use them as human shields. They want to use them as bargaining chips, and it's to just further inflame Israel in what they have done. We now believe that there's over 200 hostages there. 40 of them are children. And there's a number of Americans that are also there. The government has admitted there's 14, but Israel says no, there's more than 20 that are in the area there. So that's one of the considerations that may have caused Israel to delay the ground operation. Furthermore, there is the fact that Iran and the Hezbollah have both said that if Israel starts that, they will open up the northern front and they will get involved in the war. Well, that brings the question about making sure the northern border is defended, ready to go in case there is a war with that. They don't want to let that open up. There are already probing attacks taking place in the north. Hezbollah has been shooting anti-tank weapons. There was a barrage of rockets that came across. Israel has responded to it with heavy artillery. Literally, the war on the north has already begun. It's just that you don't have an invading force yet, but they're hitting at each other 
over the whole deal. In fact, in the northern border area, six Israeli soldiers have already been killed, and they estimate another 18 or so Hezbollah operatives have been killed. Every time they go out and try to set up a rocket launcher, Israel tries to respond as quickly as they can. The rockets go off, and Israel tries to kill the guys that launch the rockets. So this big barrage of rockets that has been happening is only what we call probing attacks. I would remind you that Hezbollah boasts that they have 150,000 rockets pointed at Israel. One analysis that I have seen is a war analysis, strategic analysis, says that if the war starts in the north, and by the way, we do expect it to happen, that Hezbollah has the capability to launch 10,000 rockets a day for 10 days. We've only seen 7,000 total rockets come out of Gaza. We've never seen a 10,000 a day rocket attack. This would be a major barrage of rockets. And by the way, Israel has anticipated this. They have evacuated Israeli citizens within a mile and a half of the border. They've pushed them back into a safer area. The concern is that if all those rockets come flying in, the whole nation has to shut down. Everybody has to go in bunkers because the rockets that are in Hezbollah reach all of Israel. The Hamas rockets potentially can reach the southern part of Tel Aviv and a little bit of Jerusalem, but the Hezbollah rockets are the ones that are more accurate, they're larger, and they can reach all of Israel. So all of Israel will have to go into a defensive posture, many people into bunkers, the Israeli government has told the Israeli citizens be ready to go into bunkers and prepare to stay there for multiple days, get your supplies ready, be ready for it. The whole nation is getting ready for a massive war. When that rocket attack comes, there's a very good possibility that there's 100,000 Hezbollah troops that will want to come across the border. And in all likelihood, they will make an attempt to pursue down into the mountains of Israel where the other Palestinian communities are at to join up with them, splitting the nation and trying to dissect the nation of Israel to help them strategically to defeat Israel. It's a massive battle plan. It's well understood by Israel. They understand the concerns and they're trying to prepare. Now, let's also talk about the West Bank. This is where the Palestinians are at in the Judean and Sumerian mountains. And Israel has successfully gone in and arrested over more than 400 Hamas operatives out of the West Bank, extracted them out of there. But to this moment, there still are attacks coming and there's riots going on in the West Bank and that will be a major consternation in this war. And so that means that ties up Israeli troops trying to control that situation as well. As you know, from the West Bank is where terrorists go in and attack civilians all throughout Israel. So they have to contain that area, even if Hezbollah begins to attack from the Northern Front. There is no question that Hezbollah and Iran have made very direct threatening statements based on contingencies. The number one contingency is if Israel attacks Gaza with land troops, they will respond. Well. As we speak at this moment, the IDF has been given the green light from all of the politicians. It's now up to the IDF to execute the war against Gaza. And that means they will pick the right time they think that they want to launch the attack into Gaza and begin to clear out Hamas from that location.
Let's also talk about the U.S. involvement in the Middle East because you've heard about them in the American press and what they're involved with. You heard that there are, quote, two aircraft carriers now in the eastern Mediterranean. That's not quite correct. The USS Ford, an aircraft carrier, definitely is there, but the USS Eisenhower simply was dispatched here just this last week out of the East Coast. The air wing has now joined them, and they are en route right now to the Mediterranean. They're somewhere in the Atlantic headed for there. But what is more important and significant is the report that a command ship and other support ships have joined the carrier battle group, and those are much more significant assets because they carry full military intelligence and command structure for both ground and combined operations that may take place. Why has the U.S. put those forces in? Is it to block Hezbollah from coming into Israel? No. Is it to send a message to Hamas that they're going to join the war? No. It's sending a message to all the terrorists that are in Iraq and in Syria not to attack U.S. forces that are stationed there. And oh, by the way, they've already been attacked. They've got, suffered a missile attack already and other attacks, drone attacks. They're defending themselves at the moment, but those carriers are primarily there to support special operations forces that are in Iraq and Syria to make sure they're not left stranded. The special forces that are in Syria and Iraq are there to control movements of terrorist forces that are moving through those regions. In particular, they're monitoring what Iran is doing, trying to send things over into Syria. To, it ultimately goes to Hezbollah, and ultimately Hezbollah delivers to Hamas. And so they're part of the U.S. and allied coalition forces to block those things from happening. This last week, we had a very specific event happen. There was the reports that came from Hamas and the U.S. media and world media began to report it immediately that Israel had struck a hospital, a safe place in Gaza, and that hundreds, in fact the report, more than 500 Palestinian civilians were killed at this hospital. Almost immediately, the uproar came to the whole world against Israel. And in the initial hours of the thing, it looked very bad for Israel, very great concern. And Israel released classified information, and they basically had to, and they showed video and voice intercepts of Palestinians talking to Palestinians in Gaza admitting that what that was was not an airstrike from Israel. It was, in fact, a rocket launched by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad was being launched toward Tel Aviv, so it was a big rocket, and it failed on launch. It began to come apart, and it basically fell out of the sky. Well, it fell back into Gaza, and it landed not on a hospital, it landed on a parking lot next to the hospital. And it exploded, not only with its warhead, but because of all the rocket fuel that was still in the rocket. There was a big fireball that took place, and a number of people in the immediate area there were killed. Now, Israel came back and gave their intelligence to the world to show it was a rocket launched in Gaza that fell out of the sky and did the harm. It was not an Israeli hairstripe. Of course, the world doesn't want to listen to that. 
the propaganda machine went into full order all over the world. Protests taking place all over in embassies, Israeli embassies, even U.S. embassies, uh, blaming Israel and the United States for what took place. Here's the facts. It was an airing rocket. It hit a parking lot and it killed between 10 and 50 people that were in the parking lot. It was really a rather minor incursion. All it did was turn into a huge propaganda thing for Hamas to use all over the world. What it has revealed is the number of people in various nations that are actually pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, that are pro-terrorist against Israel, that are anti-Semitic against Jews. Not only have they exposed a whole bunch of it that is in Europe, they've exposed it here in the United States. We found out that here in the United States, we have major universities having pro-Hamas protests on campuses by, if you'll grant me permission for this moment, of very stupid intellectuals going out and thinking that they're doing some righteous thing because they think big old bad Israel is harming civilians. In truth of fact, there have been more than 450 rockets of those 7,000 they've launched that aired in flight fell back onto Gaza and have been killing Palestinians right and left Hundreds of those rockets have fallen on Gaza. But this one was chosen for its effect, and Hamas decided to use it for propaganda. And it basically illustrates unbelievably how stupid the international media has left all of the rules of journalism where they're supposed to confirm a story before they go broadcast it. And they willingly went out, set aside all the rules, and falsely accused Israel of this devastating thing. But you could say the silver lining in the cloud is that we've learned just how many enemies of Israel exist even in our nation. We've discovered that this new generation that's come along, they have forgotten the Holocaust. They have forgotten world history. They don't know world history. They don't know what this world has done to Israel in the past, is continuing to do so, and they've joined in ignorantly to also bring harm against Israel. Quite honestly, I fear for them because I believe there is a God of Israel and he's gonna have something to say about that. So in summary, let's talk about what's really been going on. As I speak at this moment, we're waiting for the ground war to take place in Gaza. There is a full expectation that as soon as they do that, Hezbollah will begin their campaign and by that I mean massive launch of rockets, potential invasion by Hezbollah forces. Intel reports tell us that they're at the ready right now in those border areas, and there would be an attempt on the part of Hezbollah to penetrate down into Israel to reach the West Bank. I'm sure the West Bank will erupt and go with it. And the West Bank region is the area of what we call the Sumerian and Judean mountains. That's a very significant place because I wanna share with you in conclusion, what I believe that we're about ready to see is a major Bible prophecy take place. 
Since Israel became a nation, that was a prophecy that was fulfilled in our generation. The Arab-Israeli wars that have taken place over the last 75 years, that has been a prophecy of Zechariah that's taken place. We've seen it. But there's a particular war described by Ezekiel chapter 38-39 in which there's a northern enemy, an arch enemy that's been around for a long time, that's going to attack Israel and penetrate down into the mountains of Israel. And I want to read the actual, some of the prophetic words to you to see that I believe that you and I are about to see these words become reality in our day. Let me begin first at Ezekiel chapter 38, beginning at verse 8, read a few verses for you. It says there, after many days you will be summoned, and in the latter years you will come into the land that is restored from the sword, whose inhabitants have been gathered from many nations to the mountains of Israel, which has been a continual waste, but its people were brought out from the nations and they are living securely in all the land. The you part, it's talking about the enemy of Israel, the enemy to the north, and they're going to come into Israel. And that verse describes how the Jews have returned to the land of Israel in our modern day. Verse 9 continues, you, the enemy, will go up. You will come like a storm. It'll be in the air. You'll be like a cloud covering the land. It'll be a whole bunch of missiles flying over in the air. You and all your troops and many peoples with you. So it's going to be missiles in the air and troops on the ground. Thus says the Lord God, it will come about on that day that thoughts will come into your mind and you will devise an evil plan. And by the way, we already know what that plan is. You will say, I will go up against the land of the unwalled villages. I will go up against those who are at rest, that live securely, all of them living without walls and having no bars or gates. It's talking about modern Israel. And it continues on to say in verse 12, to capture spoil and to seize plunder, to turn your hand against the waste places which are now inhabited and against the people who are gathered from the nations, who have acquired cattle and goods and who live at the center of the world. Now, Ezekiel 38 is clearly describing an enemy to the north that's going to come into the land of Israel to attack Israel that has returned from having been in the nations. We're talking about these days. And then it continues to say in chapter 39 what God's going to do. And I will turn you, the enemy, around and drive you on and take you up from the remotest parts of the north and bring you against the mountains of Israel. I will strike your bow from your left hand and dash your arrows from your right hand. A beautiful description of missile warfare, of the missiles flying over being knocked out of the air, the launchers being destroyed that launched them. Verse 4, you will fall on the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and the people who are with you, and I will give you as food to every kind of predatory bird and beast of the field. You will fall on the open field, for it is I who have spoken, declares the Lord God. And I will send fire upon Magog and those who inhabit the coastlands in safety, and they will know that I am the Lord. Now that verse description there particularly talks about how the enemy will come down through the valley of Armageddon, get into the mountains of Israel, and they're going to be slaughtered. They're going to be slaughtered in this attack. They will suffer massive death. Verse 7, here's why God's going to do this. My holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel. 
and I will not let my holy name be profaned again. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. There's a very specific purpose to this war, to destroy the enemies of Israel. And by the way, serve notice to Israel and to serve notice to the world. There really is a God of Israel in the world. I believe this will be so dramatic, it will be literally changing the face of the world in terms of how we view our faith. The prophet Joel in chapter 2 speaks of this same northern army and about how God will vindicate Israel and destroy them. Verse 27, he concludes his dissertation on this subject and says this, Thus you will know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is no other and my people will never be put to shame. As we speak, this war is about to take place that I believe was described by the prophet Ezekiel and the prophet Joel. And oh, by the way, I believe we're going to get a major demonstration from God that he's real, he's in the world, and he's going to defend Israel and there is going to be, at the conclusion of this, a decisive victory for Israel that will shock the world. Now, at this moment, all we can do is watch, pray, hope for the best. But that is what God has to say about this. And to tell you the truth, I believe what Ezekiel has said and what Joel has said more than I believe any newscaster out there in the world at the moment. And you know what's so fascinating about this is nobody's even talking about this prophecy. Most of them don't even know about this prophecy. They don't know there's this prophecy in the modern times. Oh, by the way, let me share something with you. The sages of Israel have always said this prophecy of Ezekiel 38 and 39, that it has to start somewhere at the Feast of Tabernacles. October 7th, when this started, it was Simcha Torah. It was the great day of the feast. It was the eighth day of the Feast of Tabernacles. I find that rather interesting. Seems to have God's signature all over it. That is our report for this week. I would remind you to keep watching and praying for Israel. By the way, Line of Land Ministries is not setting up a fund to try to help the people in Israel. There are a number of excellent funds out there. If you have the heart to want to contribute to help the people of Israel there, I encourage you to find some of those funds that are out there. We will have links in the description. Be careful of the sham ones. You can send it to the good ones that are going to help the people of Israel. And we'll continue to pray for all of Israel and for what's happening in our days. Is this going to be a short war or is it going to take a couple of weeks? I don't know. But I do know that according to the prophecy, God is going to show up for this particular war and we're all going to get to watch and see what God really does. That's a report for this week. I'll come back to you as soon as I have more news that is of import that you need to know. Shabbat Shalom.